Radio.com Sports Insider Calls are brought to you by Pennzoil Motor Oils from Natural Gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. And joining us right now, former all-time great New Jersey Nat. Yeah, he played yes. for the Celtics. Right. And now he's a big media <laughs> mogul, hosts yes. his own podcast. He is Brian Scalabrini. Scalabrini, where, where have you been, man? We haven't talked to you in like a long time. I mean, uh, where, are you, you thought, not in you the know, bubble? You know, you know what happened? You must have talked to me and forgot. Me and you talked to two weeks ago. No, nah, it wasn't Evan that. Evan wasn't there, but we you were. We talked two weeks ago. Was it Come that on. recent? No, nah, it was. Boy, it was. Uh, it seems longer. See, I I, I, I miss you. No, nah, he's not, right. I think it was three was weeks it? ago. That's when I was on vacation. Boy, yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I'm you were out. Uh, I'm start, you know, Evan, senility. You on senility is when starting to. Senility's taking effect. What did I do on vacation? It's called no, nothing. When, no, whenever whenever you went on vacation, that's when we talked. But I don't think it was that long ago. But if you guys miss me that much, call me every week. You guys, you guys are one of my favorite calls because I think it's so much more conversational. Which, by the way, you loved those Nets last night? They were hey, great, right? Let me tell you something, man. Got, I, I am I'm starting to get – I said this to Joe line. at the top of the show. I'm getting irrationally excited about this series against the Raptors because it wasn't just what they did last night to Portland, though Karis LeVert should have taken it to the basket, but that's another story. Yes. It's what they did to the Clippers, even what they did to the Bucks in the first half before they sat all their guys. They have come out. They're playing hard. Karis LeVert's playing like a star. Am I delusional to think that they can make things very interesting with Toronto next week? Um, I feel like it, Toronto's a hard-playing team as well, so they're not going to like just bully them or not going to take them lightly like they I think they understand uh, I think it will be a five game series I feel like they'll get one game but remember the Nets have been playing on tilt they're like trying to win every game they're trying to get the most out of everybody they're one of the harder playing teams and the more impressive teams in the bubble but now you're going to the playoffs and you're pretty much playing a Toronto Raptor team that is fully healthy hard nose really smart uh, also, they'll, they'll mix up their defenses and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a five-game series, at best a six-game series. But I will say this. I think Spencer Dinwiddie made a mistake of not going. Like of all, I, I understand you want the Kyrie and, and, and KD and you know, those guys are hurt, whatever. But Dinwiddie would have been – I think he would have had a blast playing with those guys. I think he really, really would have fit in well. And maybe if he was there, he'd win six. But just, I feel like this is going to be a five-game Well, the, the thing with Dinwiddie was weird because he gets COVID and isn't feeling well and then says, hey, I, I want to play, but he wasn't getting away from the symptoms, I guess, in time for him to come down initially. What I wondered about, and it's up to him, I mean, especially since he was sick with this. Like, if he doesn't want to go down there, don't go down there. But he made it seem like he did want to go down there. Once he was feeling better, could he have gone down there? Like, it's been... I think over a month and a half or a month since he's had those symptoms. So I don't know what clicked in his head to say, you know what? It's just not worth going down there. Maybe it was the roster. Maybe he looked at it and said, as much as I want to play, I, I just don't think we can compete. But yeah, having Dinwiddie down there would have given them another playmaker and another dynamic uh, offensive weapon. That's for sure. And, the, and, and his style of play would have fit with them. He loves to move the ball. He, he loves to be in the open court. We gave him another guy. Yeah, I just, I just, I wonder, you know, like, put him on a, a polygraph and ask him straight up, did, did you wish you went down there after watching what Brooklyn did? I, I, I would just be curious of what he said. But you know what? Karras has really benefited since Jacques Vaughn moved him to point guard. I mean, the ball's been in his hands. He's been an incredible playmaker. Like, in a way, they'd be better if Dinwiddie was down there, but I think it's been helpful that Karras is now clearly the guy in that offense and running the point for this team right now. I'm sure his value around the league is going way up. 
I mean, why are you looking to move him? Because I think he's one of your better players. I, I'm not I saying I'm not. not looking to move him. I'm just saying his value uh, around the league is moving way up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, mean, I don't like, I, I remember I watched him drop fifty on the Celtics in the Garden. That's right. Like, That's right. This, this is <laughs> all his. You know his. It's a, he's like a player I've never seen. You see all the steps towards the basket at the end when he gets there, and yep. how kind of bodies like kind of bounce off him, and then he creates a, a tremendous amount of space mm. in the paint. Like how many guys you know can drive the ball to the paint, not really like blow by their their defender, and yet have so much space? He's taking wide open nine footers yes. in front of the rim. How is that even possible? So. Super crafty, and he, he must – I haven't – obviously, younger than me. I've never played against him. But he must be incredibly strong to get that type of separation uh, in, at, you know, at that close to the basket. That's so, why he should have I'm, taken I'm, it to the basket on that final play, Brian. Oh, That's what 100%. really ticked me off about it. If you're going to go with the jumper, then take the jumper early. If you're yes. going to go with the yes. – you know, like, I don't – you don't go – that, like, I'm not I'm, – you don't play the hero ball thing. You go down – and uh, you, you, if you're saying, like, you know what, I'm going to – I don't uh, run the clock down. I go aggressive to the basket. If they stop me, I take the jumper, and I miss, guess what? You're going to get another opportunity to, to – to, I mean, even if, if Portland makes two and you're down three, exactly. you're going to get another opportunity. So I agree. I thought, he, I thought he played that wrong at the end, but, you know, I'm sure yep. he's young and live and learn, and, and he'll be better next time. Are you concerned, talking to the great Brian Scalabrini, are you concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks who seem to almost like mail it in in the you know regular season part of the bubble? Are you concerned about them at all? So, like, Joe, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like from a basketball standpoint, right? You know that in the NBA now, they don't, they don't defend the three very well. They're just, they're just not very good at it. They take away the paint. They have, you know, you guys remember Brook Lopez, but they have him uh, way down the floor. And I'm concerned that if Miami Heat beat Indiana, I'm con- I would be concerned about the Miami Heat if I was Milwaukee. Miami has kind of owned their number. And I get it, regular season and, and, uh, and the playoffs are completely different. But it seems like everyone in this bubble, and I have a theory that without having to travel, because I think the travel wears you out more so than the games, even though I know it's an accumulation of both. And being on the road, it's a lot harder to muster up energy when all these people are on you and it's easy to go on runs. I think the lack of travel is helping out the, the three-point shooting. I think it's like everyone is, is really calm and they're, they're not overly emotional. So you, you take those two things and you take the Bucks, who rely on their home crowd and flying all over the place, and but they do give up the three, and you take Miami – who is solid? They have a guy who can guard Giannis and Bam Adebayo, and then they have they rely on their three point shooting. So, I, if I'm the Bucks, I'm a little bit worried. I'm not worried about Orlando. They're going to smack Orlando with their yeah. guys out. But I, I am worried about the Miami Heat. I'm, right now, I'm actually leaning towards picking the Heat to beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. If if the Heat can get through this Indiana series with basically not being injured, which is easier to say because they're all, their guys are always going down with some type of injury. Are you concerned that, you know, Giannis only got one game for the headbutt and whatever. I mean, I I think we all knew Adam Silver wasn't going to come down with like a 10-game suspension or anything like that. But Giannis Antetokounmpo loses his cool a lot. You know, we saw it early in his career against the Bulls in the playoffs. I saw it against the Nets. He went after Dante Hall. Dante Hall, of all people. He's all ticked off and shoving him. Is there any concern? Because Joe and I were saying, boy, if I'm facing the Bucs, I'm just pestering him. I am just trying yeah. to get him out of his game and cause him to do something incredibly dumb. Uh, does that concern you at all about Giannis? I don't know if he's going to lose his cool in the, 
I don't think he'll lose his cool head, but somebody or like you said, go after Dante Hall or anything like that in the in the playoffs and in, in, in a game. But I am concerned that he doesn't keep his composure when it, when it's a tight game. And I'm concerned about the Bucks, like they're and how they don't keep their composure in tight games. I watch anytime they're in a close game at the end, they're not. You don't feel comfortable with whatever they decide to do, nor do you feel comfortable with the shots that they take. I will say defensively, they do ratchet it up a, a lot, and, and Giannis covers ridiculous ground on the defensive end. So I just feel like the, at the end of games in the playoffs, you've got to execute or you've got to have a go-to guy. Clearly last year, Kawhi Leonard just took his game to a whole new level, and they he just smothered Giannis late in the game. Every time Giannis would try to get something going, Kawhi Leonard would get a stop, and then he'd go down the other end and knock down like a fadeaway 15-footer. I, I do think those major stars, those Hall of Fame type of players, are the ones that make like are, are the reasons why people those those teams go to the finals or those teams win championships. I don't I don't I consider him an all time great already. I just don't consider him an all time great when it comes to poise on the offensive end late in games. I there's probably there might be twenty five or thirty guys I would pick before Giannis. At the in the last two minutes of a on the oh, that's why, but that's but you just said why you can't consider him an all time great. Then how can you consider him an all time great? Then he can't be an all time great at this point in his career, can he? No, I mean I'm saying he's in the conversation. I mean definitely in the conversation. If you're winning an MVP, you're in the conversation. You might not end up on Mount Rushmore, but you might not end up a top ten player. But if you're 24 years old and you're back-to-back MVP, don't you think you're in the conversation? Go, why don't you guys look up who the back-to-back and people who won back-to-back? No, I understand MVP. that, but I mean, the guy's got to start winning something. I mean, come on. Well, and, and also yeah, to the point yeah, you yeah, made. I mean, yeah. and how about what you just said about him—that there were 20 guys maybe in the league you would take over him in a big spot. You I mean, said that, that says yeah, something. I mean, that's yeah, the yeah. Offense, right. Yeah, right. The offensive end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's like. Uh, there's still 46 other minutes, and, and you know, like, and he has some stuff to prove. And listen, it was Michael Jordan had to go through it. Isaiah Thomas had to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Larry Bird had to go through it with Magic. I mean, everyone has to go through it. I mean, I'm not saying he can't get through it. I mean, the guy been three – he works out three times a day in the offseason. He keeps going back. He works on his shot every single day to, to try to become a better shooter. That does eventually pay off. I just – it's just as of right now – there's about 25 guys that are probably more clutched than him at that moment of the game. But who to say that he doesn't put the work in or be a sports psychologist or whatever he needs to do to get over that hump? I just don't think it's going to be this year. By the way, Magic Johnson wasted like his rookie year to uh, to get there, and Larry was in his second year. So they really didn't waste too much time as far as winning championships. Those guys. Well, Michael had to get through it though. Well, Michael did, but I'm just I'm just throwing I'm just throwing it out there. Magic well, LeBron, Johnson. Well, LeBron will be another one. LeBron. Okay. Will be he one. took a little time. He took a little time. Yeah. No, I mean most guys. Jack, most guys, Jack took a little bit of time Jack too. Took a little time. He had to go through some difficulty. He did. Yeah. You, most guys do. We're, we're talking to Brian Scalabrini. So I'm watching last night's game, and obviously I want my team to win, but I want to see Portland in the playoffs. I think that they could at least not beat the Lakers, but make them very, very nervous, especially with a healthy Nurkic, Melo playing, even though he wasn't great last night, playing at a higher level. It, it seems like a lot of people are very giddy about the trailblazers chances obviously all they have to do is win one game against the grizzlies not lose twice memphis was not great in the bubble they only won two games how bullish are you on the portland trailblazers to maybe stun some people against the lakers in the first round yeah the only problem i have with that is and i get it that the lakers without avery bradley they can't defend uh 
Damian Lillard. I'm I'm fully aware of that. But if you had to pick one, can't defend Damian Lillard or can't defend LeBron James, I feel like can't defend LeBron James is going to mean that the Lakers are going to win. Because they don't have a wing. Like I said, I was I was throwing flowers at Kyrus LeBert for the fact that he was getting wide-open nine-footers. So yeah. what do you think LeBron James is going to get? <laughs> no, I know. Those guys are yeah. him, you know? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to disrespect Kyrus LeBert, but I think he was awesome the other night. But I just like, who is going to check LeBron? And Anthony Davis has owned Nurk in the past. Like, Nurk, he, usually his physicality helps him, but Davis is a beast. So I'm not high on the Lakers. I'm really not. I, I really love Oklahoma City, actually. But I uh, I do think they'll beat Portland because Portland just doesn't have – Trevor Ariza, who opted out to spend some time with his son, and, and that's all, I guess that's all good for him. But they, they, would, they would need to have Trevor Ariza, you know, a wing defender that can guard LeBron, or LeBron is just going to have his way. What's your thoughts on your Celtics here? So I'm high on them right now. I was like I'm very lukewarm on them starting the mm-hmm. bubble. Right. And then right. they got their ass. I'm sorry. They got their butts kicked by That's Miami. Right. Bad, bad. I mean, Miami just like like, like kind of big boyed them, and 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 they got what they wanted. They damn out of bio dominated the paint, and then they turned around. They they started moving the basketball. You guys saw the net game where it had 150 points, and you're saying yeah. like, well, it was the Nets, but the Nets were actually pretty good. And they're a hard playing team. Yeah. And then they played. Um, and then they played Toronto. And smack them, and, and then they've just been playing this new style. And I just feel like with their with their players, when you have Tatum Brown, uh, Hayward, uh, Kemba, and, and Marcus Smart, when they move the ball, I feel like they're unstoppable because all those guys can play on the ball, go get a shot, they can run, pick, and roll, they can catch and shoot. So they just got a lot of weapons. So as long as they continue to move the ball for the first forty five minutes, and then give it to Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker at the end, I feel like they're going to be fine throughout this. Uh, Big series against Toronto, but right now I'm leaning for t- towards the Celtics to beat Toronto. You know what's been crazy about this bubble, and I don't know what it translates to in the playoffs or even next year. We've had a handful of guys take it to just another level. Like Michael Porter has played like a star. The kid in Oklahoma City, Darius Baisley, has played like in the last three games. He's putting up like 25 every single night. Uh, TJ Warren, I can't forget about him. Why do you think that's happened? Where we've seen. You know, these are not bad players. Michael Porter obviously had his, his health issues, but why do yeah. you think we are seeing that so far? So, two reasons. One, when you're a rookie and you go to – well, Darius Bailey is kind of weird because he's the one that went to internship at New Balance and didn't even go to college, right? But when you're young and you're getting into the NBA, you're, you're, barely, you're barely treading water, and you don't even get a chance, a chance to like kind of take a breath until the season's over. Well – well, pandemic hit, and all these guys who usually go to college, and then they get done with that, they start working out, then they get drafted, then they go to summer league, then they do this, and they do that, and they're just pushing and pushing and pushing. I think a lot of those guys finally got a chance to take some time off. I think a lot of those guys got a chance to you know meet with their coaches and really start studying the film, as opposed to, like I said, just treading water. And I think guys have just calmed down and like, okay, I think I, I have a grasp on this uh, in the NBA. Like, what what do I need to do to to have some success? The uh, the TJ Warren thing, he's always been a scorer. He's always been able to uh, get to the basket and shoot the the runners. But whatever he did, maybe he adjusted his shot. He fixed his shot. Whatever he kind of used to have a twist in his body when he shot. Now he sort of got rid of that. Now he's shooting the heck out of it from three. So that little uh, when you have, when you're a prolific scorer and then all of a sudden now you're starting to knock down the three at a high clip. 
And remember, he averaged 19 points a game, but he was, you know, like the 50-point game, the 40-point game. I think it was just a matter of him being more confident in his shot. We have one in Boston, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, I know these guys say they were doing Zoom workouts, and I'm, I'm sure they were being safe. Like, they would go to a gym and there'd be no one there. But you're not seeing any of these, these guys being posted on social media that they're out there playing. But these guys were not just doing Zoom workouts. Man. These <laughs> right. guys were in the gym doing workouts. And I know it's like a good message for, to give everybody, yeah, yeah, we're all staying safe. We're just in our apartments without a hoop. But uh, you see all these guys come back, and all kinds of guys have made drastic strides. And that's probably because they got a chance to really lock in and, and fix one, one or two things that they needed to. That When you're in the middle of the NBA season, you're, it's hard to really – you know, do something like that. Take some right. time and adjust your shot when you got four games uh, a week. Well, what'd you think about? It? I know it didn't work out for them because uh, you know they were just so far out of it. But what the Phoenix Suns were able to do in this uh, in this bubble, basically running the table. Uh, yeah, I love I love the maturation of Devin Booker. But you know, a guy that they don't talk about when they are giving the credit to the Phoenix Suns is DeAndre Ayton. See, like when I when he first came into the league. So he's basically, you know, one year at, at Arizona, comes into the NBA, and I thought the game was way too fast for him. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I played with Kevin Garnett. He, he's, to me, he reminds me of Kevin Garnett more than any other player. Now, maybe mm. not the, the intensity and the attitude and all the other stuff, but Kevin Garnett he had a great voice when he would play, and he would command uh, telling guys where to go, and it was contagious for the rest of the team. DeAndre Aiden is starting to call out coverages really early. And remember, backline guys can see all that. You know, frontline guys are just seeing the ball, and they don't know what's behind them. But I thought he did a really good job of, uh, of doing that and, uh, you know, controlling the defense and also sprinting the floor, you know, uh, cr- creating transition opportunities. He is a freak of nature. So I really think that he took that a big step. And then you look at uh, Mikel Bridges, the same thing. We talked about the shooting. He got rid of a, a hitch that he had in his shot that he had at Villanova, that he had at the beginning of this year, and now it's gone. So that's another guy that improved. And when those guys get better, it just takes uh, you know more attention away from Devin Booker. It allows Devin Booker to go where he wants to go and do what he do his thing because uh, those guys, you have to respect those guys. You got to stay connected to DeAndre Aiden, or you'll throw it up and he'll dunk it. And Mikel Bridges, you can't leave him wide open anymore. So when people talk about the NBA and how far you are away from being, uh, you know, like a, a playoff team. It's a lot closer than people think. Now, to be a championship level, that's a big jump. Sure, but sure. to make it to the playoffs, that's a, that's that's a lot smaller of a jump from non-playoff to playoff than people think. You know what's funny about DeAndre Ayton? And he's look, guy guy's gotten off to a pretty good start in his career. He's averaging like eighteen and ten for his career. And and you mentioned the development he's had. He's in the draft with Luka Doncic. Yeah. And he's, ne- I, I'll declare this two years in. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. Luka is a superstar. I mean, he is a superstar. He's a guy 15 years from now we're talking about as a Hall of Famer. I think he's that good. So, and DeAndre Ayton was taking two picks ahead of him. So, it's it's weird that DeAndre could be a five-time All-Star when it's all said and done. But he's never going to be Luka. And I wonder if that's going to be, that's going to affect the way he's viewed for a very long time. That no matter how good he is, they passed on him. Or they passed on Luca for him, you know? Yeah, I don't. I, I think uh, like once you stop, like I think that that's a big deal in your first or second year. And I think like for DeAndre Aiden, is, I think he will be an All Star. I really believe that. I think he's going to be a really good player, and he, I mean, he could end up being a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know, but 
I, I think once you're past your first or second year and you realize when you get to the NBA that you really need to just carve out your own niche, I don't think that that's ever going to bother him two years down the road. It might bother him like the first year. And then the problem is the media people will write it like, well, the Phoenix Suns, if they weren't stuck with this guy, and then he has to deal with that. But once you've accomplished something and you realize, and I'm sure I think Phoenix is going to use these eight games as sort of a catapult. And DeAndre Aiden should get a lot of credit. I hope people in Phoenix are writing about how good and the jumps that he has made and not bringing up Luka Doncic anymore. But, you know, if you're a bust, then that's hard to live up to. But he is far from that. Like I said, like if you make it all, if you're a number one pick, I know everyone thinks that you should be the best player in the draft. That's not always how it works. But if you're a number one pick and you become a five-time All-Star, you're good. You've won that one. <laughs> no matter what, no matter what happens around you, you've won that one. That's a that's a good that's a good career for you. But I, I think uh, I think he'll impact the game moving forward. And and listen, I don't think he'll ever beat Luca. Luca is a generational talent, I mean, and I don't think anybody saw that going in because you you should have saw it at 13 years old. He's playing with 25 year olds at 15 years old. They're deferring to the 25-year-old former NBA players now passing the ball to him at the end of the game. So we all should have saw it, but now anybody, no, even I talked to Mark Cuban when I see him at the game. He's like, I, I know, I knew Luca was going to be good. I had no idea he was going to be this good, and he's dominant out there. Right? Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to him playing against the Clippers. I don't think they'll be able to do much because of the bodies that they have to throw at Luca. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how he handles Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You know, checking him. Talking to uh, our buddy Brian Scalabrini, talking to the NBA with them. You like this play-in series this weekend? You give Memphis, like, any shot at all? Any? No. None? None, right? <laughs> no. Can they win? Can they win a game? They the worst team in the can bubble. they win a game? I mean, really think, besides Washington. Washington no, they, win no win. right, right. But, I mean, can you get, not even win in a game? Like, I mean, if I want to bet the money line on winning a game, no, right? No, no. You want, you, want, you, want a little, you want a little bet that I'll give you? I'll give you a little tip. I'll give you a, a bet. Go. Look at look at the Oklahoma City Thunder <clears throat> to go to the finals against <sighs> the Raptors. Really? Oh, 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 I love Oklahoma City. So you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Raptors City against, against the Celtics. Both of those, I, I think. I, I have the. I already have but one of them. You know what's the amazing? I, I'm not. I'm not ripping your pick at all because you never know in the bubble. It is amazing. They were. They, I don't want to say they were tanking, but they were sort of. Ta- they brought on Chris Paul to just get four first round picks to go along with it. Like, that's why they traded for Chris Paul. Not because Chris Paul's this, you know, great leader and they thought they'd go on a run. They did it to get four first-round picks or whatever it adds up to. And now they're going to go. I mean, it's amazing. Hey, that first-round series is appealing them against the Rockets. How about that? Yeah, it really is. But Even though Russ is hurt. That's the no. negative that Russ is hurt. No, but I'm, I'm saying if you're, if, if, you're a, if you're a long shot guy, which I don't know if you are or if you're not. But I got I think you. Yeah. I, have, I, have the, I have the bet. I put $100 on it and it pays out. 30,000 if those two guys make it. And I was like, wow. you know what? 30,000? These two teams, these well, two teams are just too good. They're just too good for me to pass so up you're on telling me, so, gonna... so I want to go back to this. So you're telling me Oklahoma City-Toronto final is $30,000 you'd win? Yeah, I have it. I have it right now. And good I don't think it's going to happen, but it's like Toronto It's a good long is, shot, Ed. Why not? Toronto is the best. You know who the two best defensive teams in the bubble were? Toronto and uh, Oklahoma City. Well, this so, is why I'm scared them, about Toronto, because they can defend, especially the three. Oh, That's why the God, Nets are going to have a world of problems with them. Yeah, they really yeah. do get after it. So I, I really, I just I just thought, man, you know, it's, I know it's a long shot, 
But long shot shouldn't pay a hundred to win thirty thousand. So I no, that's pay. worth it. It's it's oh. good. It's good to take a long shot. We'll pick a long shot, Joe. A hundred we'll to win one. thirty thousand is well worth the shot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Brian. You well, want a real long odds, shot? Take take the Nets. The Nets against anybody will pay you big money. Yeah, yeah. The same odds were. Um, I think Nets Lakers were the exact same odds, and I was thinking like, no way. No. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? The, the Nets, Nets are better Nets than Lakers in, in two thousand and two. Is that what he's talking about? No. Is that no, the this, Nets Lakers you're talking about? Two thousand and two? No, no, no. Because okay. no. uh, I would be, I would be kicked out of the league if I was betting on my own. No, no, I'm just saying. I mean, that's what it sounded like the way you said that. Scout, no, we got right oh, now. The pain. We got to run. Great talking yeah. to you, man. All right, Brian. See you. That was a friend of the show and Radio.com Sports Insider Brian Scalabrini. Insider all-time calls are brought net. to you. All-time great New Jersey net. Yes, he had a moment. That's for sure. Insider calls are brought to you by Pennzoil. Motor oils made from natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Make sure you check out Scal and Pals on Radio.com and the Radio.com app. A great listen for all do- uh, NBA fans. Just search Scal wherever you find your podcast. The football season is here, and you can track the latest news, odds, and information at BetOnline.net. And while stadiums won't be full, game action will be loaded. Which players will step up to lead their team? Is there still a home field advantage? Will offense or defense dominate these early weeks of the season? Follow along at BetOnline.net as the top teams in football begin their journey to Tampa. Available online or your mobile device. Check out the site today. Bring the game home at BetOnline.net.